0: welcome in wednesday live chat for this week's charles schwab challenge it's ownership it's one and done it's dfs it's literally whatever you want Drop your questions, comments, concerns in the chat right now. We'll get through as many as possible. We are indeed presented by Jock Market. There's going to be a Power Hour tonight. The promo where you guys battled against Joe last week, and if you beat Joe's ROI, you got paid, it's back. They're running it back. So successful. So lots of promos this week, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Join Joe Idoni and myself. Any other announcements before I jump into this? I don't think so. Let's just go. Oliver says, Hey Rick, earlier this season you were bullish on Mav McNeely's upside. His numbers aren't eye-popping, but I kind of like him this week. How are you feeling about Mav? Also note, it is Top Gun Week. Well, if that was not any other reason to go with Mav, I don't know what is. Yeah, so I was actually, I had this queued up here for you, Oliver, because I was looking at the questions. This to me is the stat profile of a guy very difficult to predict for this week. Because if you look just medium term, gaining off the tee, popping on approach at times, popping with the putter, the short game's always been bad. I don't think that's an issue this week. But if you look really, really short term, the last eight rounds, it's not very good at all. You know, he's losing in both ball striking categories over uh, both of those events. The putter's been just fine. This is really hard. Like, if you told me he's going to have another week like he had the PGA Championship, I would not be surprised. If you told me he would bounce back to the version of himself that we saw just three or four weeks ago, I would not be surprised. Um, I tend to lean on the positive side. Again, you you nailed it, Oliver. I you know the 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 improvement that we've seen from McNeely this year over the last eighteen months—it's tangible. I believe it's exciting. So I'm going to I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um and obviously with the new movie releasing, how how could he play poorly? But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he bounces back here. Hey, Rick, uh, last 24, sorry, I misread that. Off to a great start. Final's last 24 stats are better than I thought. His T to green, total driving, blah, 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 everything. About the same as Homa, but his results are so blah. How do you go about resolving that kind of gap when analyzing who to play? Yeah, it's not easy. So let's look at, um, I guess we could do this a couple ways. Let's go to the power rankings. Last 24, we'll just isolate Homa and Um and see what you're looking at here. So Finau's been a little bit better off the tee. Homo's been way better on approach. Uh, Finau's been way better around the green, and they've both been about the same with the putter. Now, Homo's got two wins there. So probably what you're seeing is you're probably seeing a consistently good Tony Finau. I'm trying to think how we would get to those stats, right? Probably a consistently good, not great Finau, and a moments of greatness, a popping ability from Homa to get to those stats. Let's see. Sure. I mean, look, I mean, the the thing that he's been volatile with has been the approach play. Plus, Plus minus half, plus eight, minus seven, plus two. That's a crazy range over his last four starts. The putter's been okay. Uh, Around the green, which I don't think is actually that important. This week has been his best attribute um, compared to his 100-round baseline. And then he's driving it well. But yeah, the results aren't there. He's got one finish inside the top 25 since the Hero World Challenge. That's this year. It's just not good enough. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. Statistically, he's just been consistently good um with not a lot of like Oh no, I'm sorry. He has that second place Oh no, I counted that second place finish. I don't know, man. I'm 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 generally worried about Tony Fee now. It's it's really bizarre what he's up to right now. Statistically thoughts on going back to Daniel Berger. I'm going to wait. Um, let me show you something here because whether this is just poor play, whether it's random, whether it is part of the back injury, the version of Daniel Berger, uh, that we're seeing right now is nowhere near the 100 round baseline of Daniel Berger, right? I mean, he went from this year's Honda classic back to, The 2021 Pebble Beach Pro-Am, over a year, never losing strokes on approach. Never. Now he's lost strokes one, two, three, four, five in his last seven, and over his last five, he's lost multiple strokes in four of them. Is it the injury, the lingering injury? Is it that something else has happened? I don't know, but that is wildly concerning for a guy whose blueprint and his DNA is gain on approach and also basically gain across the board. Um, to lose seven strokes putting. Was that his worst putting performance? Second worst putting performance ever at the PGA Championship, losing seven strokes, which I could usually write off, but it's hard to write that off when you're also in a bad around the green stretch. You're also in a bad approach stretch. You're also not really in a great off the tee stretch either. This is concerning to me. I hope he bounces back because I want to play him and I want to get access to him, but that is generally a very concerning stat profile to me. In your email, you showed who played well after a major. Is there any way to see who played bad? Who played bad after a major? Yeah, I'm an idiot. I should have included that. I will. Um, I don't know if I'll have it for this week. If I do, I'll tweet it out. Hank, uh, I got to rerun all the numbers. I'm an idiot. I should have included that in my email. <clears throat> Hey Rick, thanks for the content. Earlier in the week you mentioned Adam Shank being 6000 and deserving higher. Who is the best 6000 min option and why is it Hayden Buckley? Uh yeah, I I probably I probably believe it's Shank still. So let's look at Hayden Buckley's uh, profile here. So Hayden Buckley um I mean, who's missed four of his last five cuts, who has lost strokes on approach in six straight, who has lost around the green or been a tiny little positive for like 10 straight who is not a very good putter it's not Hayden Buckley uh now contrast that to Adam Shank excuse me guys who you know at one time was just an absolute prolific cut maker well he's made three out of four cuts including a top 10 at at uh TPC Potomac where he was awesome um he he's got four made cuts in his last five if you include the Zurich classic this to me I mean, it's not deserving of like an $8,000 price tag. It's deserving of like a $6,800 price tag, but he's mid-priced. So I, I'm going to roll with him. I'm going to roll. I'll I'll, I'll tell you what I have. I'll just tell you my $200 single entry lineup has Adam Shank in it. That's what I'll tell you. Okay. Um, because I couldn't pass it up. I might be an idiot, but who knows? Any thoughts on Tringali this week? Yeah. So remember when he was super hot and then he got into like a little bit of a mini slump? I think he's coming out of it. So this is the mini slump I'm talking about. API Players Championship, horrendous off the tee, lost over 10 strokes in both of those. Also was in the midst of a horrible putting stretch, which historically that's not him. The thing he never lost, which I think is really optimistic is he has been a basically a positive approach player every single week even throughout the bad times. That's generally pretty good. So now I see a golfer who is coming out of it, who is gaining strokes off the tee again. I see a guy who is gaining strokes with the putter again. I see a guy who's never lost the approach game and never and the around the green stuff, again, I don't really care about. And he's struggling there. And it's turning into some results. 12th at the Heritage, 10th at the Zurich, 33rd at the Mexico Open. Then he makes the cut at the PGA Championship. We're building. We're building here on on Cameron Tringale. Let's go. Jay Roberts says, Rick, you're the man. No, Jay, you're the man. Can you do a deep dive on Aaron Rye? Sure. Here's Aaron Rye. So what do we see here? We're seeing a slightly better than tour average player, I believe. Uh, We are not seeing the version of Rye right here. From Houston to basically farmers, in which he was a very, very, very good ball striker. We're not seeing that anymore. He's still good, still better than average, but not great. The putter can come and go. That's generally a good thing. I see a I see a guy who's like in the 39th percentile of PGA tour players. And I'm not even sure that he really has good fits, right? I think a lot of tour spots are going to be generally. The same. You kind of look through the stats here and you're like, okay, what stands out? What is he really, really good at? Well, he is accurate off the tee, much more accurate than he is long. So I suppose that tree lines courses or courses that um will reward you for playing out of the fairway, which I believe Colonial falls into that category. This is probably a little bit better than most spots for him, but I think he is a slightly above average player, in which most courses are going to be the same for him, although this one might be a six out of ten. <clears throat> Can we look at Glover course? Whoops. Can we look at Glover course history? Ask Cole. Sure. Very simple to do. So we'll do Lucas Glover. We'll scroll him. I have 1,100 rounds on Lucas Glover. That guy plays constantly. Charles Schwab challenge. Okay. So uh, last two years, T8, T23, then back-to-back missed cuts. T43, two missed cuts. Three finishes in the 40s, a 15th, a 29th, and three more missed cuts. So it's a mixed bag. He has never really putted well. Uh, which is completely on brand for Lucas Glover. He is very volatile, which again is kind of very on brand for Lucas Glover. So this is kind of what you'd expect. This probably looks very similar to what his um, what his normal like regular tournament stuff is. I will note. I guess it's good news that the last two years have been like his two of his three best finishes. I do at least like to see that. If you flipped these. Uh, you'd get the same number of average strokes gained, but if he had missed the cut in the last three years instead of missing the cut in his first three, I think I'd be less optimistic. Maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe that's a bias, a biasy in my thinking, but um, <clears throat> it's not bad. Uh, CT Pan has been hitting the ball well recently, and he's been decent at Colonial in the past. What are your thoughts on him as a mid $7,000 flyer? Yeah, so when I start thinking about guys like CT Pan, I got to kind of look at... <clears throat> who else is in this range so he's 7500 so would you rather and it's not like you have to choose between these guys but if you if you look at what CT Pan has done Would you prefer him or Tringale or McNeely? Well, let's start comparing them. Uh, CT Pan, much more accurate than Cameron Tringale is off the tee. Not nearly as accurate or as long as Maverick McNeely. McNeely is a good driver of the golf ball. But Zayden Hote, more accurate, but even shorter off the tee. If we look at just pure strokes gains over the last uh, 24 rounds for just guys in the 7K range, CT Pan is like 7th out of 33. So I think you're going to get a positive uh, A positive sentiment from me. <clears throat> Where else can we go here? T e. Marv, who is your favorite safest play from the mid 6,500s and below? My gut is telling me it's Smotherman. Probably. Let's go look. Okay. So just in pure strokes gained, uh, 6,500 and below, Smotherman, I mean, he's like top fifteen, but Brandon Wu, Mark Hubbard. Um, I like I'm I'm pretty partial to JT Poston this week. He is not the safest guy. The safest guy would probably be someone who is gaining more across the board. I could argue Scott Stallings. So I worry about the driver, but he played well enough to qualify for the US Open uh a couple of days. I think on Monday he qualified for the US Open. So he plays 36 holes, qualifies there. It's not super easy to get through. Mac Hughes also got through Ben Silverman also got through Oh gosh. A couple other guys got through from that from that qualifier. So we know he's playing well. I do worry about the driver, but the rest of the the fairway through green game, I'm I'm generally cool with. Smotherman, yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at Smotherman, what you have is an elite ball striker in this range. And his biggest deficiency, which is around the green, uh, I, I don't think matters as much. So fire away. <clears throat> Joel Damon seems to be checking the right boxes this week and ownership is pretty low for GPP plays. Your thoughts? Okay. Let's do a little bit of a deeper dive on Joel here. We'll get him fired up. Uh, Generally, he's quite accurate. Yep, that's good. 17th in accuracy, 157th in distance. I love this, right? The putter is overall bad, but he gains 2.3 here. He gains 4.8 here. He gains 4.1 there. That, like... The ability to at least gain four strokes is exciting. Doesn't always turn into results, but look at where he's got his best result. RBC Heritage, a course that will ask you to play positionally. Pebble Beach, kind of a course that will ask you to play positionally, although that's the three-course rotation, so they're not all like that. I'm like a four out of ten. I worry that there's a lot of bad results in in the range of outcomes for Joel Damon, but... um, this has got to be on the upper upper end of, of spots for him. Uh, let me quickly talk about jock market. Because if you're not playing on jock market, you should be. I mentioned that uh, everybody who beat Joe last week got paid $20. Bucks. Uh, they're going to run it back again this week. So if you sign up for uh, that contest, which you can do uh, tonight at the Power Hour, uh, there's a form to fill out. Like it, it It's a, a chance at free money. Uh, it's stock market DFS. You can buy, sell short shares of athletes, including golfers, obviously. I have all the data on my website and I don't, I don't put this behind the paywall. So you can go look at the jock market data all you want. So the PGA championship data, like if you had Mito Pereira, you got him for $5.16 in IPO and he paid out 18 bucks a share. So you made $12 a share on Mito Pereira, even though he had what, could be considered a very disappointing Sunday, obviously, right? When you start looking at um, some of the guys in this field and over the last ten starts, you know who are the most profitable guys: Davis Riley, Kurt Kitayama up there. These are guys that don't win, but they outperform their expectations. So it's a really Smotherman's up here, Bo Hostler's up here. It's like the only place on the planet that these are your blue chip stocks. So it's really cool. You can use the code uh, Rick. There's a link in the description. You can sign up for it. They're constantly adding new things, making it making it a, a much better user experience. And I always really enjoy it. John says, pro tip always go with my previous week's one and done pick burns week. They never failed a top 10 after earning me a missed cut WD chump change. Looking at you will bleep a Taurus. I guess I could curse on this. It doesn't really, but then we have to check the box on YouTube and say it's explicit. It's like a thing. Um, Smash the like button. That's a good idea. Subscribe as well. That's also a good idea. Uh, Deep dive on Lashley. He seems to be popping in quite a few key stats and some solid finishes. So yeah, uh, the only bad finish for Lashley is that WD, which I think he was missing the cut anyway. And I don't want to say these guys WD for no reason, but he WDs from uh, TPC Potomac. I think it was a toe injury and he played the following week and he finished T17. So I guess I'm not that worried about it. Uh, but look at his last three, four, five, six, seven, eight results. That is essentially six top 25s, a missed cut, and a WD. The concern is that the two bad results are at the two courses recently that I would say ask you to play positionally, ask you to be accurate off the tee, which is Harvard Town and TPC Potomac. So that is a little bit of a concern, but otherwise when you start looking at the advanced metrics, you start looking at um how he normally plays, like he should be good at a spot like this. He doesn't three-put all that much, which is always fun. I'm I'm cool with it. I'm not I'm like 0% concerned about that about that WD. Ooh, Andy, good question. If players are ultimately allowed to play on the tour and with live golf, will you try and get live golf data added to the site? I don't know. I had not thought of that. Um, so if they are under the umbrella of the Asian tour, which I'm not sure if they still are, but that Saudi international event is. And I do have the Saudi international event in the database. So, like if you go look at if you go look at Harold Varner the um, results here, you'll you'll see his win. Because it's an Asian tour event. So I have that. Um, it's a good question. I haven't thought about it. I mean, on, on one hand, I want to be able to provide you guys the best, most complete data, but at the same time, like I don't necessarily want to help grow the brand. I don't know. That's actually a really good question. I haven't thought about it, Andy. I don't envision a scenario in which guys will be playing on both. Um, especially unless there are, I mean, lawyers will be involved in this, but I, I really don't know. That's a good question. I, I will have to think about that. Thank you for the question. I really appreciate it. Um, hey, Rick had a great finish last week in DFS with Mito, Zal, Torres, Thomas, and Riley. I'm loving Kitty Yama, Smotherman, and Wu. I mean, yeah, we kind of chatted about a couple of those guys uh, over the course of the past uh, couple minutes. I think you're, I think you're on the right track. They, they rate out great in the advanced metrics. Hey, Rick, deep dive on JJ spawn. Or opinions on him versus some of the others in those price ranges. Okay, so we'll do Spawn, who I think has actually been better. Like, obviously he had that victory, but he's been pretty good since, right? Yeah, so he goes top 25 of the Masters immediately after. Okay, misses the cut at the RBC Heritage. But here's what I like to see. Gaining multiple strokes on approach in five out of six. The putters kind of left him a little bit, and he's not driving it as well. How accurate is he? He's got to be fairly accurate, right? Yeah, he is. He's he's such a short hitter. I'd I'd give him a chance here. I'd give him a chance. I'm like a six and a half out of 10. Hey, Rick, I watched the course fly over on YouTube and it looks like this course was built more for faders of the golf ball. Do you have any thoughts on that? Is there any kind of sad analysis for this? So um, it would not surprise me. Jack Nicholas, in his designs uh, notoriously kind of favors the power fade, right? He's almost building these golf courses for himself. Um, So... I would not be surprised by that there's, so I get my data from the PGA tour. It's through their official API. Um, I have not been receiving the shot shapes yet. So, but what, if you guys have noticed, there's been a lot of those track, there's new track men behind every single tee box at least. So I think we're going to start getting more of that data. And if we do, and I can consume it, I'll obviously be able to share it with you. Hey, Rick, can you run through the ownership? Uh, in each tier. Sure. So this is, uh, I guess I probably should have said this. This is uh rick <laughs> It's my website. Probably should have mentioned that at the top. So here we go from the top of the board, the 10 K guys. Um, whoops. What did I just do? Did I just close my window? Stand by peeps. I think I clicked the X and lost all my windows here. Give me one second try this again. Okay. Maybe I just X'd it out. I don't know what I did. Sorry. So, in the 10k range, um Wills Alatoris is the one lagging behind. I have him at like 11% ownership. Uh Morikawa Spieth and Victor are 19 to 23, and then Scotty Scheffler and JT kind of in the middle there, 14 and 15. The 9k range, um, Abraham, answer, and Max Homa. I will tell you, I much prefer Max Homa in that spot, which could come back to bite me. Nice little pivot to Sung Jay. Sung done nothing wrong except not play. That's the only thing he's done wrong, not deserving of 9.2% ownership there. Uh, the top of the eights, Tommy Fleetwood and Taylor Gooch getting like 14 to 16%. No one wants to go back to Mito. Nobody wants to go back to Webb. I would potentially try to be early on Webb, because what we saw at the PGA Championship was much closer to Good Web. I don't know if it's gonna if it's gonna last or if that was the outlier, but I try to be early there. The seven K range, pretty spread out, but Kirk Woodland, Harmon, all challenging double digits there. Um, even Rose as well, hv three Munoz, all in that like nine to thirteen. The middle of the seven K range offers some some pivot opportunities. Tringale, Kisner. Aaron Rye catching a little bit of steam. Then the 6Ks, Doug Gims going to be a little bit popular. uh, Played well here last year. That makes sense. Sahith going to be a little bit popular. Vince Whaley, for whatever reason, and Smotherman at 10 and 11. uh, Seems to be the way that ownership is shaking out. Let me get my uh, tabs back open here. My bad. Lost all my spots. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Here we go. Thoughts on Ricky this week. I've always been in the be late on Ricky boat, but he has finished top 25 in his last twenty five in his last two starts. I'm now contemplating being early on him. Okay, let's see how he's doing it. Here's Ricky. It's not bad. I still worry a lot about this, the putter. Um, He's gained strokes putting. A, a, a tangible amount in two of his last four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, eleven 10, 11, 11 starts. That's a little bit worrisome. Gains five and a half strokes around the green to PJ PGA championship. That's probably not going to happen again. I do like this. I do like that he's gained on approach in five out of five in a row and eight out of nine. I hate the way he's driving the ball. So I will say it's better than it has been. I don't think it's good, but I think we should monitor the situation. I think we should continue to monitor, Sean. We'll see you next week. We'll see the week after that, all that fun stuff. Hey, Rick, thanks for all your hard work. Who's the most accurate off the tee under under 7,000? Okay, so what I did on the cheat sheet, which I think is brilliant, that was me patting myself on the back. I added these salary ranges because these questions come up all the time, and I can say, okay, $6,000 range, last 24 rounds. Who's the most accurate? Richard Bland. He's gaining 14% more fairways than the rest of the field. Adam Long, Kevin Strillman, Brian Stewart, Chez Revi, all the most accurate, gaining 10% or more to the field. Of those guys, uh, Strillman is the closest one to being tour average With the draw, like in distance, the rest of these guys are kind of giving up quite a few yards. Oh, look at my guy, Adam Shank. Adam Shank is. Adam Shank and Austin Smotherman are like the only two in the top 20 of accuracy that are also gaining in distance. Just saying. Hey, Rick, love the show. Thank you, Garrett. What do you think is going to be the most popular lineup structure this week? Okay, good question. So let's look at the ownership here. Let me get this uh, back situated for you. So I believe uh, the most natural builds are looking like starting with Spieth or Victor, getting either Homa or Answer, um, or maybe if you go Spieth, Fleetwood, you can save a little bit of money, Then you go down and it seems like you grab somebody in the mid sevens, which is like, or or the upper sevens, which is Harmon, Varner, Rose, Munoz. So I think it's going to be pretty spread out here. I think if you want to be a little bit different, I don't want to give away what I've done here, but I've jammed in like some studs. I've gone pretty stars and scrubby, which is, I think is one way to be different. Or if you bypass the entire 10 K range, which is, I'm not necessarily advocating for you would be different. And if you could load up on these 9K guys, um, it's kind of interesting. Can you look at JT's history the week after coming off a win? Sure. Whatever you want. It's your time. Justin Thomas coming. And we got to kind of look, Blake, right? Like immediately after a win, right? When he plays the next week. So before this, it was the players. He did not play the next week. He played the match play. Didn't get out of his group. Uh, WGC FedEx St. Jude played the next week. Gained 6.75 on approach, finished T37. That was the PGA Championship. Uh, Tournament of Champions win. He missed the cut in Sony the next week. Oh, boy. This isn't great for JT. This one's pretty good, although these are playoff events. And I believe that was the first year they did the staggered start. So he wins the BMW Championship. I think he started with the lead at the Tour Championship and finished third. Don't quote me on that, but I think that's what happened. And I think that was the first year they did a staggered start. This is generally not a great, not great. Okay, here we go. WGC Bridgestone, he wins and then finishes T6 at the PGA Championship the following week. Honda Classic, um, he wins and then he finishes second in Mexico. Okay, okay. Wins at uh, CJ Cup, then he has a couple weeks off. Wins, nope, couple weeks off. Uh, Couple weeks off. Okay, remember when he did this? Remember when he won both ends of the Hawaii swing? Tournament of Champions, then he won the next week at Sony. So I would say the five years ago, three or four or five years ago, he'd been better immediately the week after. More recently, he has not had that immediate success, but take that for what it's worth, Blake. That's all you. Uh, This is the only way I want to get access to Daniel Berger. Hey, Rick, how do you feel about an outright bet on Berger? He seems to be overlooked by the majority. Um, I would... I think he's too risky for a lot of formats. I would, the only way I would want access to him is in the outright market. I've picked on him in the um, uh, matchup market, and I will not play him in DFS, but I would only feel comfortable betting him. Hey, Rick, were you able to find the winner over Underline on any of the books? Uh, DraftKings usually has it. They always have it under tournament props. Uh, tournament props, winning margin, playoff specials. To, okay, maybe they do not have it. It's always here, and it is not. So I do not see it. I would have to go look around. I would have. I can't believe they don't have it. Uh, I've answered a couple of days. I'm gonna keep going. How would you feel about starting a lineup with Hovland and Morikawa? Uh, fine. I, I'm I'm a little bit worried. Like Morikawa, I would. I'm pretty excited to use Morikawa next week. Uh, I'm cautious this week. Hey, Rick. Any thoughts on Troy Merritt? Not particularly, but again, I'm already kind of a little bit into research for next week. I think Troy Merritt's going to be a thing next week. Um, Here's the problem. Very reliant on the putter, right? I mean, this is a pretty good stretch for him where in individual events, he's made three, four, five, six, seven cuts in a row. He's made nine of his last 10. He's got a couple of top finishes in there. It is always just reliant on the putter always. He gains 9.8 at the Valero. Gains 5 at the RBC Heritage. 6.7 at the Wells Fargo Championship. If he doesn't gain with the putter by a lo- by a wide margin, he's kind of cooked because he's going to lose you off the tee, he's going to lose you on approach. I'm pretty worried about that. Um why did I think he was going to be a thing for next week? I can't remember. We'll save that for next week. I have to um I have to drink this. Armina, do you have that uh, You have that juice reel? Hit that juice reel thing so I can like blow my nose and stuff. Okay, good. I've recently started using juice reel as a way to track all my bets in real time. Since I can sync the app to all my sports books, I don't miss any wager and I've learned a ton more about my betting habits. There are built-in line shopping features, so I know that I'm always getting the best lines available, and once the game starts, I can see the value of my bets fluctuate in real time with the scoring so that I always have an understanding of my expected value. The performance analytics have made me much more knowledgeable about the bets that I have the most success at, hint, top tens, and there's no going back for me. Download the Juice Reel app with the link in the description. Okay, sorry, I had to get myself... uh situated there. Uh, but, but the roll guys are sick. And also, um, I think I've tweeted this out and the, okay. I, you can sync your sports books to that app. And the other thing is because you've synced it. So this is like a statistical thing that I think about all the time. Um, a lot of times you hear, Hey, the sharp money is on this team or on this player only because that's where the big bets are. So, and you see this all the time in, I mean, it happens in golf too. It's like, oh, there was a huge wager on John Rom or Jordan Spieth. Like, it doesn't mean that guy's sharp. Like, Floyd Mayweather bets a lot of money on games. He's like, not sharp at all, right? Uh, Mattress Mac, like, very not sharp. But when a lot of people will compare how much money versus how many tickets, they say, oh, the sharp money's here. They don't know that. They're assuming when you have an app that syncs the information to your sports book, like Juice Reel does, um, they actually know who the best bettors are and who the worst bettors are. And then it actually tells you who the sharp money is on. Duh. Yeah, that's way better. You should download it. It's like actually really cool. Um, yo, Rick holding is holding a 140 outright ticket on Mito last week one of the worst beats ever. I'm having a hard time getting over it. I don't know if it can be the worst beat ever when you had 104, like less than a 1% chance of winning it when you placed it. Um, but I understand obviously I understand what you're saying. We've seen major championships coughed up by guys with lack of experience. So it's a it's a pretty crappy beat. I'm trying to think if there's been anything like recently uh that's worse than that. Uh I mean, having a ROM ticket, I know it would have been for much less when he with when he had to withdraw from the memorial last year with a six-shot lead. Like, that's a pretty horrible beat. Much less in return. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Top five players around three, four, and five. Uh, I closed it out. Go to my newsletter. I have it in there. Go to, uh, it's, in the, it's in the description, Rickrungood.com slash newsletter. I had it pulled up, but then I X'd everything out. I have the horrible horseshoe stats in there. You, you can check it out. Hey, Rick, uh, my Oklahoma State question of the week. Ricky Fowler, is he back? Oh, I already talked about that. Uh, maybe, but I'll wait a little bit longer. Anyone else go six of six this past tournament and not cash? Yeah, I saw a lot of those screenshots. The six of six rate was pretty massive. If you're not following cut sweats, you should be. The good thing about Zach Johnson. So Nick says, Rick, I feel like Zach Johnson is a sneaky good play here. All right. Um, Zach Johnson is obviously what he's won this event twice. So I'm not sure how sneaky it is, Nick, except for the fact that he's not playing all that great right now. But there are a couple of through lines uh, for success at Colonial. Horrible horseshoe. If you play well with the horrible horseshoe, obviously you're much more likely to like win the event. Uh also being good on long par threes. That Zach Johnson's good on long par threes. Uh, there's four of them here, and that's a through line for winners. Like of the top five guys in this field or six guys in this field who are good on long par threes, they account for like four wins. Kokrak, uh Berger is up there. Zach Johnson has two, he's up there. Hv3, which is why like every way you start to slice the trends and the data for through lines, H V three pops up. So I kind of throw them all in the same mix. Any potential news on WDs? Uh no, probably not. I think we're I think we're rocking and rolling. Which one do you like better? Cam Davis, Kazire, or Adam Long? Cam Davis, but I do like Adam Long as well. Cam Davis and Long pretty close because Kazire a distant third. Will you own Spieth in single entry tourneys this week? Yes. Hey, Rick, hope you're having a great day. Thank you, you as well. What are your thoughts on Russell Knox and Gary Woodland? Okay, uh, prefer Gary Woodland. And remember, remember when we were having the same conversation about Gary Woodland as we have about Ricky Fowler, where Gary's worked his way out of it, right? Gary's worked his way back to being... Vintage Gary, look at the ball striking numbers: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight out of nine. He's gained strokes on approach. Oh, by the way, when you do that, when you get back to your DNA, does it turn into results? T five, T five, T twenty one, T eight, T twenty four. The thirty fourth place at the uh, at the PGA Championship was one bad round on Sunday. He was like tenth going into the final round. Gary, 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 Gary's back, baby. Let's go. Also, he's got like two top fifteens here. Two pivot questions. Would you pivot from Sink to Glover or Poulter? How about pivot from Kazire to Grillo or Snedeker? I have to check Grillo real quick because he is. I thought he might have been breaking out of that little slump. I'm not, I'm not positive. And it was maybe it wasn't a little slump, maybe it was a big slump. Um, no, not really. Okay. I would not pivot Kazire to either one of those two. And if I were to pivot Sink, I'd pivot to Glover. But I'm not thrilled about it. I'd be fine with either one of those. Hey, Rick, love the content. What do you think about Morikawa versus Speeth head to head? Uh Spieth. Like, listen, okay. Speeth has the floor and the ceiling. Speeth has been unreal at Colonial. Let's just look at the numbers. Okay. I mean, and not that, not that Morikawa hasn't, right? He finished runner up here, uh, lost in a playoff. So let's just go to everybody in this field at, well, not at Accordia, at Colonial. Strokes gain total and guys that have a big enough sample size. In fact, it doesn't even matter what the sample size is. Spieth is number one. Now Morikawa is number two, but he's only got eight rounds. Uh, Morikau not playing nearly as well coming into this event. Spieth is playing like to 80% of his powers, has a win, a runner-up, uh, played well enough at the PGA Championship, right? Like I... I I think Speed's going to win this, maybe not win it, but like he's got to be involved. Doesn't he more confident free square Chris Kirk or CT pan Chris Kirk? I think Kirk's again, I've done just a hair of research for next week. Chris Kirk's going to be good next week too. One and done Colin or Scotty. It depends a lot on your position. I would say Scotty, um, the miscut from him last week was basically the best miscut I could have asked for. Gained multiple strokes on approach. Lost a little bit in the other categories. Gets to go back to Texas. He's well-rested. He is still playing awesome. I think it's Scotty. Which, by the way, I don't want to jinx this. Although, I don't really believe in jinxes. So, I guess I can just say it. I'm like cruising in a couple of one-and-dones, boys. I'm on a run. Let's go. Last seven, eight weeks have been very good for you, boy. Rick, run good. And I am... Moving my way up the leaderboards. And I'm going to try to keep my foot on the pedal. Probably will ruin my chances. But I'm coming for you. Um, Not related, but who will get a win first, Bryson or Patrick Reed? It has to be Bryson, right? Pa- Patrick Reed, sorry, Justine, is cooked. Bryson's just hurt, I hope. I hope that the bad play was because of the injury. And when he comes back, he's going to play well. That is my hope. Okay. This is a good segue. Eli says, could you discuss the one and done landscape for this week? I love Homa, but I can't get myself to go there with Victor still on the board. Well, you have named the two guys that I have played in uh, in the two big one and duns that I'm charging up the leaderboard in. I, I played one in each. Um, Mostly because I looked at who above me had already used, and Moore had used one of the golfers, and I said, "Okay, I'll play him here." And Moore had played others. I think in a complete vacuum, there is no better spot. Like if you have Jordan Speeth available, you play Jordan Spieth. Um, he is. I, I emailed this out a couple of weeks ago, and I'll I'll, I'll keep it updated. His history at Colonial is elite, elite course history. Gaining 2.4 strokes over 36 rounds is, I mean, it's like Spieth at Augusta. It is Charlie Hoffman at TPC San Antonio. It's Dustin Johnson at Pebble Beach. It's Rory at Eastlake. Like, it's elite. It's Hideki at, like, Phoenix or whatever. It's just elite, elite stuff. So he's the guy. If you have everyone available, Jordan Spieth's the guy. Um... I think if you're trying to make up ground or even if you're not, Scotty Shuffler is very interesting. I assume most people have used him and we just talked about why you could use him. I did not have the luxuries of either one of those guys available to me. So uh, my big two that I had available were Victor Hovland and Max Homa. Uh, Victor, I think, could very easily win this. His strengths are going to be magnified. His weaknesses, I don't think, matter. Homa, just unbelievable run, great ball striker. In fact, if you look at this, If you look at this, this is kind of the crazy thing. Let's go to the power rankings. Oh, did I close it? It's because I clicked. I, I X'd everything out. My bad. Let's bring it back up. Last 24 rounds, ball strikers. Max Homa is number one. Victor Hovland is number two. They're both bad around the green. Homa's been better with the putter. Max Homa has basically been Victor Hovland for the last 24 rounds. That's crazy to me. So... I'm hoping for good good weeks for both of them. Uh, Scotty and, and Spieth for the other ones. Looking at miss the cut props. Ooh, love a good miss the cut prop. EVR at plus 175 seemed best. What does the data say? What does the data say? Let's find out. Eric Van Royen. I believe it's actually Eric Fun Royen if I wanted to pronounce that correctly. Oh boy. Okay, so, oof. wow, yikes. Yeah, this dude's going to miss the cut for sure. Uh, for sure. I guarantee it. I absolutely guarantee it. No, I don't. But look at this. This is pretty ugly stuff. So he's got one good finish, and it's because he gained seven strokes with the putter, which is probably the most ever. Yeah, it was. RBC Heritage. So don't necessarily be fooled, thank you, by the fact that he had a good start at Town because he was bad on approach, bad around the green, gained, had his best putting week ever. That is unsustainable. Missed the cut at the PGA Championship. Missed the cut at the Masters. Didn't get out of his group at the match play. That's a pretty good week at the players, but we haven't seen anything remotely close to that. Missed the cut at the API. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty scary stuff. Can we do a deeper dive on Davis Riley? We've been doing a lot of Davis Riley stuff recently. Uh, love it. It's all there. Flash the last four have been great. I'm going to keep rolling. I've heard this as well. Uh, just FYI, it has poured rain here last two days and the rough might be serious. Any info on course plans? Well, uh, obviously harder to kind of cut the grass and keep it in shape, but, uh, when it's wet, but yeah, I think it's going to be kind of gnarly, right? Like I think playing out of the fairway is going to be even more important because God forbid they play preferred lies, but you know what I mean? Just like, listen, you're going to get, um, you're going to get some really nasty, wet, wet, thick lies out of the rough. Uh, so I think that driving accuracy is even more important. Do you see a natural landing spot for Colin Moore or Kyle for one and done purposes in the next few weeks? Yes. Next week. Uh, if like what I would love to see is. So I think there's two, I think there's kind of, well, okay. There's, there's a couple options. I would love to see him finish like T19 this week and have the advanced metrics be good. And I'll just roll him back out. I'll, I'll play him at the, at the Memorial. Um, he's got two good starts there. I don't want to dive into Mirfield Village, but they recontoured a lot of the greens in after the 2020 version. So they played four rounds with the new contoured greens. Morakawa putted like them, like a banshee on them. Now that could be noise, it could be whatever. I don't care. I'm just saying that's what happened. So that would be the probably the most natural fit, as long as we can get like a decent version of Morakawa this week, give us a little bit of confidence. Also, the the Brookline argument right? The B- Brookline is claustrophobic. It is so tight. The greens are like, they're like this big. They're like the size of my microphone. They're impossible. So the two paths to Brookline are going to be never miss a green or get up and down constantly. Also, I don't think the the uh, USGA is going to, and we'll find this out, but I don't think they're going to winged, winged foot us right where the rough was too thick and the and the fairways were too small that Bryson ran away with it. If you give the guys who hit fairways an edge and a, and and they get rewarded for hitting fairways and then they go to small greens, Colin Morikawa is the guy. Good luck. Uh, is there any data to suggest starting on the 10th tee versus the first tee could playing the horrible horseshoe on a player's back nine be an advantage? I don't know. I will look into it. Good question, Sam. I have not looked into that. I was winning 40 K had all the top guys and Lashley melted down and choked on the last whole Sunday. I, it says I can stand that guy in his attitude. I think you mean you can't stand that guy in his attitude. Hello, Rick, my friend. Hello, Chris, my friend. I'm curious, when is the last time you update ownership percentages each week? Yeah, so I, I had it uh, Tuesday morning. Then there was, I did one, I don't know, two hours ago. I'll keep an eye on it. I I imagine the ownership is done. I don't think we're going to get any news or anything crazy that's going to happen in the next, um, I mean, when is this tournament going to start? In the next 20, 18 hours? I don't think that's going to happen. So they are probably finished. Is picking Victor different enough to catch up while picking someone with a high ceiling versus HV3 who fits all right, but his odds are really long? It depends. Um, So if you go and you look, like, if you have a way to look up how many people have used Victor, because Victor is going to be way more used already than Harold is going to be. Um, If you go to Office Football Pool, which is where I host the run and done great name, by the way. Someone gave that to me. And you look at the site-wide picks. Victor is only being used 4.3% of the time. Ninth. The ninth most. Because most people have already used him. Okay? That's kind of the thing here. Uh, Spieth is the most popular. Answer, Homa, Zalatoris, Morikawa. That's the top five. So it's kind of weird. I would love it for you to be able to see who, has already, who in your league has already used um, Victor? He's going to be more popular, but but you he has to be popular amongst people that have him available. Spawn, Neesmith, or Kisner for last man in. Neesmith. Keep running models. Damon is popping up. Genius or foolish? Well, we chatted about him a little bit earlier. Uh, I think it's good. Hey, Rick, I can't get a read on this. Has Zalator seen success on similar positional golf courses? Last week is similar in setup, but I feel like he gets pretty wild with the driver. Well, let's look. Um, how do we want to look at this? Well, we can do this a couple ways, but let's just look through his profile. So Zalator's on what we would think are positional golf courses. So I would argue Harbortown, Pebble Beach. I would argue maybe like a little bit of Potomac, especially off the tee, just kind of what pops into head into my head recently. And of course, like he hasn't played any of those. Um, I'm not sure I would call a lot. I'm not sure I would call a lot of these positional golf courses. I mean, I guess Augusta National, right? Where he's had great success, but I'm not sure we know yet. To be quite honest with you, played the RBC Heritage in 2021. He finished T42, but that's not T55 at Pebble Beach. I think it's a very, very small sample size, and I don't think it's great, but I would not feel comfortable saying that we have enough data to say that. Good question, though. We can keep an eye on it. Oh, Brian's here. I'm your new leader in the one and done. I shouldn't have said anything. Can you please tell me your pick this week? I already told... This is so... First of all, two things, Brian. I already told you two guys that I narrowed it down to. And also I, I know who you have and haven't used. So I've probably picked the guy that you've already used. So good luck, Brian. Good luck. I just lost my spot. Oh, I think I'm back. Um, okay. This is interesting. So for GPPs, curious how you would rank Rose Tringale pan Damon, uh, it might be that order. Maybe Rose, Tringali, Damon, Pan. Rose hasn't come up yet. I'm not a Rose guy. I'm like, really not. I don't. I think for a long time he's been doing stuff that's been fairly unsustainable, but there's kind of a case to be made here. You know, he gains five strokes on approach at the PGA championship, which is definitely an outlier, but look, he pops, right? And because he gained five and a half at Farmers too. And he can kind of get into like, this is like a three or four event stretch. It's like pretty good. Maybe we're getting into one of those stretches right now. Cause he's got a 14th place finish at the Zerk. We don't know how that went. A 13th place finish at the PGA championship where we know he gained strokes on approach. Then you look at his, um, it's probably one of the better spots on tour for him. His last four win 58th, third 20th. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's got my attention. Yes. The answer to this question is yes. Will Sung Jae in be forgotten and extremely under, not extremely, but like 9%, which is crazy. Yes, we did already talk about that. Um, what about Kokrak defending? Hmm. What about Kokrak defending? All right. So, I'm just trying to look here. He is not... uh, He's still a good putter. Very good putter. He's not the putter he was last year. He's basically half the putter he was last year. He is uh, shorter now off the tee than he used to be. Still long. But again, talking about trends here. Not super accurate about tour average. This is a little bit like... This is a little bit worse. I, I, need, I need more strokes gained with the putter. Like, I need more. Like, if you're going to be a, that guy, you've got to be that guy. Off the tee has been great. Results are kind of all over the place. Uh, I I don't love his chances here. I, I think he finishes like 23rd the vast majority of the time. Speeth and Na or Fleetwood and Im? Ooh. Ooh. Fleetwood and M but that's just because I'm a, uh, a little bit worried about nah both are fine man I'd probably go Fleetwood and M but it's super super close a lot of questions about Aaron Rye we did do a little bit of an Aaron Aaron Rye segment earlier so you can go back and check that out hey Rick love the show pick two Burns Homa answer Rack, and Finau. Uh without knowing the scoring system or anything else Homa Burns Hope all is well. Thank you. In your opinion, do you think JT continues to play well? Yeah. Like, JT's been playing great for 18 months. It's just he only has the two wins. He's got piles up top tens. The putter he fixed, which is amazing. And he's still one of the best iron players in the world. So, yeah, JT's going to have... Like, I almost bet it... I saw this, like, three weeks ago that... um the money list. So you can bet the money list. Who's going to win the money list. And obviously Scottie Sheffield was like minus 1200 to win the money list. And JT was something outrageously high. And JT's won the money list like three of the last five years. He would have wanted another year. If he didn't get hurt wrapping his club around a tree at Honda. And I was thinking, you know, if he wins a major and then gets hot in the playoffs, he could maybe win this thing, like steal it away. I don't know if he's going to do that. Cause he's still like 4 million bucks behind or 5 million bucks behind. But, like I want, I want the next six months of JT are going to be so good. So good. Wonderful show. Great site. Thanks. Which two out of the following do you prefer? Hoagie Fleetwood or answer uh, Fleetwood. Definitely. I don't love either one of those guys. I think the industry is a lot higher on answer than I am. I would have to say Hoagie who is playing better recently, but doesn't have great history around colonial. He's a TCU guy. I feel like that is more likely to break than answer coming out. And I don't know. Answer's just been, he's just been fine. I don't know if I want fine. I, I think I'd prefer Hoki and Fleetwood there. Uh, I knew somebody was going to notice this. I noticed a trend lately that brings a smile to my face. Don't look now, but you're starting to become a bucket guy. I'm not a bucket guy. But I have spoken about buckets more frequently. And I like some of the part three buckets. Okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. So I'm still not a bucket guy on the approach shots, but the whole buckets, I've been doing a lot more data analysis on the whole buckets, and there, there are legitimate data data analysis trends that show some guys just being better on those holes. And obviously I know there's a lot of factors. Um, and then there are also some highly correlated things that are like, Hey, if you're great on long par fours uh, you're great at this golf course. Like that, the data correlates a lot better on that. So fine. Me to pick. That's my wife. Um, oh my gosh. She sent it to me in emojis. It says, I don't know what this means. Wave coffee pancake minus the cake is my pick for this week. Got it. I'm so good. It's a C. It's not notion. That is T, not coffee. And pancake, that one I get minus the cake is pan. CT pan, she's going with. That was like an escape room. Hey, Rick. Everything checks out in my research for Varner. And he has seems what to be better tee time in the morning based on wind a.m. p.m. He might make my cash team. Let's go. Yes, let's go. <laughs> they're they're already dissecting my single entry lineup in the, in the chat, and uh, I hate that they're that they're pretty darn close. Uh, four long par threes. Good week to bet no holes in one at plus one fifty. If you give me like, I'm not going to waste everybody's time, but uh, I could look up and see the hole-in-one rates for those holes, but I'm not going to waste everybody's time. If you text me, or you don't have my number, I assume, if you tweet me, I will, I can look into that for you. If you do have my number and you text me, I will also look into it for you, but I'd be surprised by that. As much as I love me some Spieth, does it not make you sick watching him approach the ball before he swings? Uh, Yeah, you don't watch it. You never look directly at it. What's the weather looking like? I had this queued up, man. That old 15 minutes in you click the X button. Um, all right, one second here. Search locations. Look at look at the locations. Can you tell this is the PGA Tour schedule on my recent? Fort Worth, Tulsa, Potomac, Mexico, Avondale, Hilton Head, Augusta. I guess I only use this for PGA Tour stops. All right. So, I think that's good. I think the weekend's going to be pretty windy. All right. Thursday. Thursday looks pretty good. Sunny, little wind. Maybe we get some kick up from five to eight to 12 to 14 miles an hour on, on Thursday afternoon. That might be a hair impactful. And then Friday looks pretty clean all around. And then Saturday, um, Saturdays when it starts to get really windy, especially in the afternoon, it gets up to like 16, 20 miles an hour. Sunday looks like it's going to be very, very windy. Although this has already kind of changed a bit because I think when I checked this on Monday, the super windy day was supposed to be Saturday. Now it's supposed to be Sunday. So this is seemingly changing. I don't know if there's a big enough difference, but maybe Thursday morning, Friday afternoon is slightly better. I'd say like, maybe it ends up being three quarters of a shot, something like that. Maybe a shot. That's my meteorologist note. Talked about that. Talked about that. Talked about that. Um, Victor or Spieth for one and done top 50 out of 600. Spieth, baby, let's go. Just front run. And you got you get the opportunity to front run in the top 10%. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Boo- <laughs> Burnsie and Gucci? Both seem to be flying under the radar. I tend to agree. Yeah, Gucci had like one bad start. I'm not going to kill him for that. And then Burns um finally had a good a good a good finish at a major championship. Let's go, Burnsie. Let's go. <laughs> uh, still saving speed for the open. In what I mean, you I I legit think you could play speed here, Brookline, or the Open Championship. I would prefer them in order probably here, Open Championship, Brookline, but there's so many options at those events. There's so few options here. I would roll them out here. Whoops! Jumped on me. With so many top guys separated by one point in the custom model on the first run, what would you say the most important stat for this week is? Um, Good question. I would say it is a weighted blend of accuracy and distance. Like, let's just do it. Let's get really freaky for a second. I just want to do something weird. I'm also quite hungry. So maybe that's why I'm thinking about this. Let's do last 24. I actually got to reset this because I just loaded the new stuff. So stand by. What I would do is like um, 70% uh, accuracy, 30% on distance. And I would like just see who those guys are. Like if that was the one thing that you that I could use, I would I would probably I would probably do that. Shank a trap. I hope not. Oh, under the gun, James Nordberg. Nordberg, what does your betting card look like for this week? I don't know how I started sharing this. Here we go. This is what I've bet. You do not have to bet this. In fact, I encourage you not to so that you don't have to text me or tweet me later. It is a very uh, top heavy card. Spieth at twelve to one, which I hate, but I love. Victor at twenty one, home at thirty one. That's kind of like the big positions. I have then done Varner at forty nine, and JT Poston at one forty. So a small, top heavy card, where I'm quite a believer in uh, quite a believer in those guys. Yeah, I think Chris Kirk is going to have two really good weeks in a row here. I think this is a good spot for him, and I think this is the best spot for him. Or uh, this this weekend, next week. We did that, we did that, we did that. We did that. Her pick was CT Pan. Hey, Rick. 8,200 for two players. Kirk and Riley or Kokrak and Nah. Kirk and Riley. I think that'll do it. It's about lunchtime. And we've got to eat leftovers because my wife made such a wonderful dish last night. And we get to have leftovers, uh, which I'm going to go do right now. A couple of items. I'll be on CBS Sports HQ later today, doing some picks. Also, Jock Market Power Hour tonight, 8 15 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, subscribe to rickrungood.com. Also, support the guys at Juice Reel. Download that. Also, uh, I don't know, be a good person. Have a great day. Pet your dog. See ya.